0: This is Strange Assembly, episode 295, Back to the Future. I'm Chris Stevenson, and this is Strange Assembly, your tabletop gaming podcast. You can find us on the web at www.strangeassembly.com, If you enjoy this podcast, please look for us on the Apple Podcast app and leave a rating or review. It helps people find the show. Now that title, Back to the Future, is not some sort of metaphorical commentary on turning the page from 2020 to 2021. No, it is quite literal because what I am going to be talking about today are two different games based on the movie Back to the Future and or its sequels. So in 2020, there were two new Back to the Future branded games released. Back to the Future Dice Through Time from Ravensburger and Back to the Future Back in Time from Funko. Now these are not the first Back to the Future games that have ever been released, but I think it's fair to say that If you enjoy good games, you can safely disregard the Back to the Future games that were released prior to this. But these are both serious efforts at designer games, not just mass-market trash. My spouse is rather fond of Back to the Future, so both of these games showed up as Christmas presents. There are some definite similarities between these two games, but obviously significant differences. They are both fully cooperative games, right? and because this is Back to the Future, ultimately the theme and objective is some sort of fixing the timeline, right? Dice Through Time is based on the entire trilogy, whereas Back in Time is based just on the original Back to the Future movie. Additionally, both of them are dice games, notwithstanding the fact that one of them has dice in the name. Both dice games. So first there's Back to the Future Dice Through Time. Again, this is from Ravensburger, designed by Ken Franklin, Chris Leader, and Kevin Rogers. Like I said, this one is based on the entire trilogy. And so the board here is essentially a grid. It's got five columns and four rows. Each row is a different time frame 1885, 1955, 1985, 2015. And Each column is a location, like what is at that location in separate times. So this one is always, you know, the town square. These are fudged a little bit, obviously, for 1885, right? But you get the general idea. And each player has a DeLorean mover. So each player can independently move through time. And over the course of this game, you will have... A certain number of events that arise each turn, as always for these cooperative games, right? It's going to depend on the number of players, that sort of thing. And you are going to have to move your DeLorean through space and time to try to get to these locations and deal with the events. And when you deal with the events, you will acquire an appropriate item. That item is going to be something that you are then going to have to take to some other place in the timeline to fix it. This is not super directly on point with the movie, right? I'm not aware of a point in any of the Back to the Future movies where you found a skateboard in 1885 and then you had to take it forward in time to 1985. So don't worry about that part of it too much. But on each turn, all of the players are going to be rolling a set of dice that have a a variety of symbols that might either help them move in space or time, or might help them address these events that are coming up. So when you move through time, you're going to move up and down in the column. Same place, different time. When you move in in place, when you get the good movement icon, you can just go anywhere you want, but in that row. You can also use These Doc Brown icons on the dice to eliminate the paradox that is accumulating as the game goes on. There's an additional symbol that is like a wrench that's only used to solve problems. You can also use any die to move one space within the same time frame. You can use any pair of matched dice as a wild card, essentially. So there are lightning bolts that let you re-roll some of your other dice. Let's say you get two of those, but you like your other dice, well, you can still pair those two up and they become a wild. And finally, you can ripple a die through time, which is to put one of your dice on a space on the board, and then anyone who is in that physical location in that time or later can use it. So if you drop a wrench in 1955 at Marty's house, somebody can use it in 2015 to fix a problem that is occurring at Marty's house. But that's it, and it locks the die up until then. In order to win, you have to recover these items and return them to the appropriate place. As as you are spending turns trying to do this, the out-of-time meter goes up. So every turn you look at the events that are on the board, and those are going to move you further along the out-of-time meter depending on how many of them you've got accumulated in one time frame, then you're going to have to put out Paradox tokens on events that you haven't dealt with, and in future turns, those Paradox tokens will further increase how far you go on the out-of-time meter. There's some ability to scoot it back a little bit, but as you would expect, it's a an increasing clock. So, right? So you just you have to get the items returned before you run out-of-time. Now, that's Back to the Future Dice Through Time. Back to the Future Back in Time, like I mentioned, based only on the original Back to the Future movie, published by Funko, designed by Prospero Hall. And in this one, because you're, you're just playing the original movie, and the game is entirely set in 1955, what you are trying to do in Back in Time is... Make sure that George and Lorraine get together so that the future timeline is is preserved. In fact, you have a a picture with different segments that's like the photograph of Marty's family from the movie and as the game goes on and you're not doing as well making sure that George and Lorraine are in love, you'll actually flip over the segments of that picture so that it switches from the picture with you know Marty or his siblings sibling in the picture to. The picture that's just the blank background. Nice little timer, although it's not that different from the ultimate timer of the game. And so in order to win at back in time, when the clock tower strikes 10.04 p.m., which is a just a defined number of terms, you have to have accomplished two things. One, at that moment in time, George and Lorraine must be in love, and... You must have the DeLorean fully repaired and ready to go in a correct spot on the board. So, as the game goes on, you're going to be collecting those components for the DeLorean, you're going to be moving the DeLorean, and you're going to be getting George and Lorraine together, and then once they're physically together, they're movers on the board, you can try to influence them to increase them on the love meter. Now, they can also go down again. That's why you just cuz you get them up to in love at one point that's not good enough they have to be in love when you go back to the future when the lightning strikes the clock tower the element that will be working against you in all of this primarily is biff because we'll we'll talk about how a little bit more but right biff is going to move around and every time he, he if he just gets to Georgia Lorraine, you're okay. But then if there's anything else that would move him again, and he's already with Georgia Lorraine, well, that's going to reduce you on the love meter. I don't know precisely what that's supposed to represent. We just always refer to it as Biff punching the person in the face. I don't know. That seems like the sort of thing Biff would do. But you might want to be more creative with your Back to the Future references, you know? So like I said earlier, this this is also a dice game. This it's This is fully cooperative, but people don't roll all the dice together, and then have discussions in this one. You're just going to have a single turn. At the start of the turn, George and Lorraine and Biff will move around based on a movement card that comes out. And if you're lucky, right, they'll kind of stay away from each other. And if they're not lucky, they'll get closer together, and you might need to spend some of your movement to keep them away from each other. But every time you move, that's less dice that you're going to roll. Because the way that the game works, is you start with five power tiles. And each power tile shows a die on it. There's four different colors of dice, and there's four characters you can play. And each character gets an extra tile of their preferred color. So Doc gets an extra knowledge die. Einstein gets an extra speed die. Marty gets an extra courage die. Jennifer gets an extra love die and just in case you're curious my 7-year-old did very quickly point out that she was never actually in 1955 so you know right let it go uh, right we we just have to roll with these things sometimes and each of those tiles will let you roll the die to attempt a challenge or you can use the tile to move yourself every time anytime you move if George or Lorraine is in your space with you you can take one of them along with you but each of the dice has two wild symbols on it that work as a success for any type of challenge. They have two specific symbols that only work on their kind of challenge. So if you have the love die, that's going to have four successes on it if you're trying to make George and Lorraine fall in love, but it only has two successes on it if you're trying to find the right component to fix the DeLorean, because that is a knowledge test. And then each die also has on it a Biff symbol. So every time you roll a Biff symbol on a die, Biff is going to move. Or if he's already with Georgia Lorraine, make the love meter go down. You can re-roll your dice as much as you want. So if if you're attempting that knowledge check with your love die and you roll the hearts, well, that doesn't do anything. You could leave that there if you want. Maybe you've already got as many knowledge symbols as you need off of some other dice but maybe you don't and so now you want to risk it and you re-roll it again and maybe you get the success you need maybe you get a biff biff moves and messes you up while all this is going on similar to dice through time you have cards that are coming up to represent things happening in different places these are relatively speaking much more specific references than Dice through time had, so you have like a specific line that was set in a specific location in the original back to the future movie. it will put it there, and you can either have troubles or opportunities. opportunities are all upside you have to spend dice to do them if you're lucky, only one die, but if you succeed at them, like oh, like here's uh uh this some sort of social interaction thing. It requires getting one heart, so you got a you know two out of three chance of succeeding if you just go there and spend one love die. You have a fifty-fifty chance of succeeding if you go there and spend one die of anything else. If you succeed at that challenge, then you'll acquire a new power tile. So those are are very worth it, and then a new opportunity pops up somewhere else. Troubles work similarly, except they also come with a downside while they're in play. So. There will be, like, Gang smashes George's bike, and now George can't move or be moved while that trouble card is in play. Or, you know, Gang harasses Lorraine, and now if Biff gets to Lorraine, it, it deals double damage to your love meter. So sometimes those are urgent to deal with, sometimes they're not, depending on your circumstances and how much of a problem that particular effect is causing for you. They're harder to deal with than the opportunities. They are troubles, not opportunities, right? But if you get rid of them, you also get one of these new power tiles. The power tiles are important because they're all just better than the power dials you had at the start of the game. So instead of... Okay, maybe they're not all better, but most of them are. You know, there are, there are ones that say, oh, you can use this to move six instead of three, but it only is good for moving. There are some that let you re-roll all of your, your biffs, which is a huge deal when you're trying to roll like four or five dice to succeed at something that requires three successes, being able to re-roll all of those bips that are otherwise locked. That's a big deal. And just at the simplest, there's many of the tiles that just let you roll two dice when you use that power tile. Obvious upgrade. You, you can't have an infinite number of these, but first you fill up your board and add a few more, and then you can start replacing the older ones. Many of the opportunities also give you items that are specific to the opportunity. So if you complete the opportunity to play at the stall then you'll get the electric guitar item which is quite handy I, I remember that one particularly because it would seemed like one of the most powerful because it lets you use the electric guitar to reuse two of your power tiles all the items and all the tiles you use once per turn there's a turn meter track for how much time is left in the game it varies depending on whether or not you're playing with two three or four players so that is Back to the Future, Back in Time. All right, so that's that's the the basics of what these games are. But ultimately, out of Dice Through Time or Back in Time, our family definitely preferred the Funko game Back in Time. And we liked Back in Time better because... Almost every turn, you were able to really feel like you were doing something. Back in time, we found it to be significantly more difficult than Dice Through Time. But in Dice Through Time, although it was easier, you had a lot of turns where you just couldn't do much. It's pretty easy, so it's not like from a difficulty perspective, you needed... To have more options or more ability on each turn. It's just there were turns where, like, you're in 1885 and there isn't really anything in 1885 useful to do, but you aren't able to get any time travel symbols. And so you just kind of futz around and you're like, well, maybe I can get a Doc Brown symbol to get rid of some paradox and I'll throw the rest of my dice to kind of move over to somewhere that might be useful. You might think that rippling was helpful, but it's really rough to keep your dice locked up like that. And that only works if you're in a further back time and you happen to already be where it is that in the future time the problem is taking place or the event is taking place. So it just didn't feel like each turn was exciting. Now, like I said, back in time it was definitely harder. This game cleaned our clocks at the beginning and we've beaten it, but sometimes when we beat it, it's like, how on earth did we pull that out? Some of it's familiarity with the game. Some of it is, you know, just the luck of how the dice work out. And, right, you can still just, you know, chuck four dice and roll all biffs, even if you only need two successes. But every turn, you really felt like you had something to do. Even if you didn't have an immediate obstacle that you would have dice that were perfectly situated for, every dice can do something on any challenge. And George and Lorraine always need to be moved somewhere away from Biff. Biff is a, is the, the real pressure point in that game, right? You, Gosh, that guy is a jerk, which I know is the point. So for us, we found that Back to the Future Dice in Time fell a little flat, but we found that Back to the Future Back in Time was quite good. It was fun. It it felt like you were doing Back to the Future things, moving the DeLorean around and trying to get George and Lorraine together. The kids really liked the picture that faded. As with any game, it's not you know 100% in sync, but that is... Back to the Future, Back in Time, published by Funko Games, designed by Prospero Hall, and Back to the Future, Dice Through Time, published by Ravensburger, designed by Ken Franklin, Chris Leader, and Kevin Rogers. And on a final note, let me say that I still don't have a flying car. Why does every time travel movie from the 20th century lie about whether or not I'm going to get a flying car? Come on, folks. You've been listening to Strange Assembly, your tabletop gaming podcast. You can find us on the web at www.strangeassembly.com. You can subscribe to this podcast there or on any sort of pod catching service you prefer. If you get us on a pod catching service and especially on Apple podcast, we would greatly appreciate it if you could leave us a rating or a review that helps other people find this show. You can also find us on the usual social media. We're at StrangeAssembly on Twitter, Facebook.com slash StrangeAssembly, and at StrangeAssembly on Instagram. If you want to get a hold of me directly, I'm Chris at StrangeAssembly.com. I always like to hear your comments, feedback, and uh, useful criticism. But until then, I'm Chris Stevenson, and this is Strange Assembly. Never stop gaming.